You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Getting a little nervous. We sort of have a big game uh, in roughly uh, 54 hours from uh, the time of recording. I'm pretty sure I've already advised you to quit doing this counter because uh, we are recording at one time and then I will be posting this at another time and it confuses the listener. Anyone that listens to our podcast is probably easily confused anyway. Well, that was, so. I was going to say, by definition, our listeners are not very smart, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> by definition, if they're listening to us, they're not smart. And I don't yep. mean that as, as an offense. I well, think they know smart. this. <laughs> <laughs> we're I think not they smart. Are, it's one of those things where, like, they're not dumb enough to qualify for any kind of assistance or get, you know, any, but, but they're, they're not smart enough to do a lot of things on their own, but they're, they're, they're not so dumb that they don't know that they, that they must be a little dumb to listen to us. I think that's fair. This is the same pitch we gave the locked on network when they hired us. <laughs> this is exactly what we, we told them. This is, that's how we describe ourselves. Is, that is no shit. We actually said when the locked on people nicely approached us, first of all, our first reaction was, wait a minute, do you have the right number? Yeah. Um, and secondly, I was like, look, we do a mild amount of cussing. Um, we're not going to be like at the practice field watching these guys. And we're not going to give you the boilerplate, you know, well, we heard that, uh, Trey Sanders looked good in practice today, and therefore he will be good. Now, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to interject some really terrible theories. Um, into, <laughs> and so we hope that this different approach is something you like. I mean, it's, it's really, we went with the Seinfeld approach. This is a show about nothing. This is a show about nothing. <laughs> it is. Um, and uh, Jimmy, like I'm a, no, go ahead. But Jimmy, I'm in Miami. Uh, wow. And the city is buzzing with anticipation for the national championship game. Really? No, not at all. It's, nobody's <laughs> even talking about it. That's what, that's what I would have assumed. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, in this COVID year, everything is screwed up. Everything is not normal. But let's be appreciative today. I'm sure everyone is. It's amazing. Not only did we have a football season. Alabama played a complete season. We've played 11 full games, which used to be the length of a regular season while we were growing up, not even in the prehistoric era. I mean, we played 11 games for most most of our lives <laughs> to this point. Yeah. And now we've played 11 games. We're going to play a 12th on uh, th- this week. Uh, our, all of our guys, I mean, the most serious uh, incident we've had health-wise was Trey Sanders' car accident. You know, uh, we we haven't had any COVID-related. No, no, no. That's super... Jalen Waddle. Well, yeah, Waddell. but what I mean is a super serious illness is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, COVID okay, didn't okay. result with with our players or coaches in a super serious illness. Um, 
and, and, and we're actually going to play uh, in the national championship, you know, playoff. And, uh, and, and I just read a very smart uh, writer from, you know, Bill Connolly, who, who referred to the, the, this Alabama team could prove in the playoff that they're the best team of all time. And I agree. Pulled that, pulled that off in this COVID year. It's just simply unbelievable. And I've heard, I'm sure everyone has heard, I don't think this is a, a, a private thing. I think it's more public, but, but you know, when, when Nick Saban addressed the team back in, in April, once, once things sort of worked itself out and, and it looked like there could possibly be a season, even though there's going to be no spring and no summer and fall camp will be weird. You know, Nick told the team, the team that wins the championship next year will be the team that wins the pandemic. And by that meaning, who adjusts the best to the craziness that the pandemic is going to get? That's the team that's going to win it. And uh, as always, there's great buy-in and the kids bought in. And despite the total craziness and nothing being normal, Alabama probably handled it better than anyone did. And it's a credit to Nick Saban. And how often do we say it's a credit to Nick Saban on the show? I mean, at least three times a week. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it is definitely a credit to him, and uh, it's a credit to the kids to buy in. It's tough to buy in. Look, here's the thing: um, I t- I'll tell you, there's been no different, uh, no, no uh, hmm, better way to put the differences between Alabama and say another power program to me than Alabama versus Miami, which oddly we play at the beginning of the year next year, and Derek King is coming back, and so that's going to get a lot of hype. But I want, I'm in Miami right now with the family still <laughs> meandering my way from Key West all the way back up to Alabama. Um, and I watched some of the Miami game last night. And I thought to myself, self, that team has plenty of talent. The problem is they just don't buy into what Willie Martinez is selling. They buy in it enough to come to Miami. But then they don't buy in it enough to – get better. They they think that they're already good when they get there. And I'm assuming that's what Willie Martinez pitch is. That you mean Manny Diaz? Could, Manny Diaz. What did I say? Willie Martinez? Yeah. Who is that? I don't know who Willie Martinez is. Why did I say that? Did he used to play for the Braves? I think he played Why for the Braves in that? the 70s. I think he was Gee. a Braves outfielder in like 1977. God, uh, is there anything... I mean, and I meant no disrespect to anybody, but it really makes me sound moderately racist. Like I just threw out two <laughs> Latino names I knew. And I just, so I, I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry. I, why am I saying really more? I just said it like three times and nobody stopped me. I mean, at first. Well, you the were first like, time you said that, I wasn't sure. I, I'm, I thought you might have been referring to a defensive coordinator at Miami that I'm unfamiliar with. Okay, Manny Diaz. What I said it twice, or I think, and I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. I just screwed that up. I don't know why that was in my head. I think that was the name of our cab driver yesterday. But anyway, um, really, I'm I'm dead serious. It was on the brain. I don't know why. But well, when uh, you're in the back of a cab, their their license thing is up, and you is right there. Basically, stare at their name for the whole 45 minutes you're in the cab. I can probably name every cab driver I've ever had. 
Well, the truth of the matter is our cab driver yesterday, his name was Sadiq. And the reason I know that is because he wouldn't shut up and he kept talking, but we could not understand him. He'd been in Miami 27 years and he, it wasn't like a Latino accent. It wasn't a Spanish accent. It wasn't, certainly wasn't um, an English. It was, you know, he said he was from Bangladesh and it was like heavy Indian mixed with some Latino and American vibes kind of thing. And um, we, nobody in the car could understand him, but I'll, you know, I kept trying to talk to, you know, I'm, I'm not really a chatty cab guy, but I was, I mean, it's awkward when you have my whole family of six and then this cab driver and he's kind of talking and I'm like, one of us has to talk and nobody else has a chance to understand him but me. And so I kept trying to like talk about whatever I was like, I asked him about Tua Tungvaluwa. He said, and he said, you know, he just looked at me strange. I was like, you like the dolphins? Yeah, I love dolphins. And I'm like, no, the dolphins, Miami dolphins. He's, he's like, um, you know, he went on a rant about something completely different. And then I said, he said, you know, he basically asked me where we were from. And I said, Alabama. He said, no, like Alabama. And oh, no, I know what it was. My daughter, my daughter, who's four, loves to ask people, do you like Alabama or Auburn, wherever we are? And so she's, she's because she just assumes that that's what we have to do now. Um, you have to declare, said, uh, you have you to like, commit to one very early now, said, before four. She said, do you like, do you like Alabama or Auburn? And he said, uh, you know, he kind of, he didn't really know Auburn. And I, I mean, I'm not going to use that as a joke on Auburn. He doesn't know <laughs> most of the SEC, but um, he said, uh, and then he said, Alabama, no like Alabama. And I said, you don't like the football team, Alabama? He said, no, too many trees, too many trees. And I was too like, many and, trees. and we were driving down. Maybe had us confused uh, with Stanford. That's what I was thinking. We were driving down near Ocean <laughs> Avenue. And um, I was like, there are palm trees everywhere. He goes, those different trees, you trees, no good. <laughs> I was like, you know, we need them, right? I mean, you environmentalist. And then he was like, yeah, I've also been to Houston, too many trees. I'm like, I know Houston pretty well. And it's and there's, there's, there's very no trees few trees because it's all concrete. Every bit of Houston <laughs> is concrete. But anyway, that's right. So let me go back to my point about Manny Diaz or slash Willie Martinez. Um, Manny Diaz, I, there's no different, better way to differentiate programs that or power five programs than just look at Miami and go, th- those players are good. I mean, you can clearly see they're good, but they're not. They're just not getting coached, and they don't. They don't appear to want to be coached, and that's why they lose to teams like Oklahoma State, whose best player has already opted out, <laughs> the, and, right. they, and they really, they just don't. And Alabama is the opposite of that. Our, our players look really good, and they buy in. And it takes a special yep. kind of dude to do that because most dudes are like the Miami dudes. They're good. They've been good all their lives. And they don't need you to tell them how good they are or what to do to get better because they feel like they know. Our dudes come to Alabama, want to be coached generally, and uh, usually do get coached. And so that that's what separates us from them. And that's why I think we will beat Miami into oblivion at the first game next year, despite the fact that it'll get a lot of hype coming into the season. You know, that's a great point. And here, here's let, let's we'll make this whole show about the glorification of uh, of Nick Saban, which is probably what we should do on every show anyway. But, you know, if, if you're an NBA coach and the general manager, and the owner assembles a team of stars. So there's multiple stars on your team, like like maybe the Lakers when they had Shaq and Kobe and and, you know, the Bulls team and they had Jordan and Pippen and. And, you know, incurred all these great players, and 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 now they're super teams today, like the Lakers with 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 you know LeBron and and AD. Well, the question when the coach is interviewed, you know, whenever the coach is interviewed in some sort of a you know a non-game interview, just a general interview, that coach is always asked, 
wow, you do an amazing job of managing these egos. You know, NBA coaches are, are asked that all the time. I, I think Belichick's been asked that before, you know, when he had his star-studded Patriots teams. You know, how do you manage these egos and get everyone to buy in on the team? That's exactly what Alabama's had with, with Nick since about 2009, 2010, is the team is full of stars. You would expect there to be huge egos and me first, and this is my team, and, and I need to get the ball. Uh, and, and, and it'd be a constant war between, you know, 85 guys that, that can barely fit in one locker room because, you know, they're all me, me, me guys because that's, that's what we expect from the typical superstar, right? Well, it's, it's never been that way with Nick Saban. Every kid on the team, we have three Heisman finalists, and every kid on the team acts like they're lucky to be in, in the lineup and they're blocking for each other and they support each other and – they're good teammates first, and we've generally, not 100% of the time, but generally, all of Nick's teams have been like that. And it's incredible that he doesn't get enough credit for that, is he has the most star-studded locker room in the sport, but everyone is team first and, and always has been on, on all of his teams at Alabama. Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break. Um, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar. Built Bar is the bar that you need that's going to be healthy. It's going to make you wise. It's going to make you strong. It's going to help you maintain or lose weight even. It, it's delicious. They come in 18 different flavors. You can't go wrong with any of them. I've had all of them. I'm dead serious. I've had them all. They're delicious. But um, I love the carrot cake. I've said that a gazillion times. I stand by that. Go to BuiltBar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Go check them out. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your order. Trust me, you will thank me later. You will actually tweet in to the show saying, oh, my God, where's Built Bar been all my life? I love Built Bars. Thank you, Luke and Jimmy, for hooking me up. BuiltBar.com is where you want to go. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off your order and thank us later on via the Tweetiverse. Also want to put in a shout out to Homefield Apparel. I didn't talk about them Monday. I should have because I love them. I was bidding down in Key West, worn uh, Homefield Apparel shirts for Alabama stuff. And people really have commented. I'll, I'll tell you, Jimmy, you saw a ton of Alabama fans down in Key West. It was kind of shocking. Um, but when I was wearing my Homefield stuff, people Gave me a roll tide. I gave him one back. And my wife, unbeknownst to me, bought home field shirts. She didn't, honestly, I shouldn't say this because it gives us more credit, but she didn't know home field. She's not listening to my podcast. She didn't know home field was um, a sponsor of the show. She ordered this a long time ago, and she may have actually ordered these shirts before home field became a sponsor. I don't know. But um, when the kids opened some presents from her, they all had these home field apparel retro shirts. And I said, oh, my God, did you buy these because of the podcast? She goes, you have a podcast? podcast? I was like, <laughs> what podcast? Yeah. She, I was like, yeah, for several years now, I've done one. And um, but she, you know, she's not worried about all that stuff. And I was like, that's so cool that home. I hate to say this. Homefield Apparel doesn't need us to sell their stuff. Their stuff's already selling. But for that, you know, I still want to say, please keep sponsoring us because we love you and uh, we need the money. But um, yeah, Homefield Apparel. <laughs> 
I, I really did a horrible marketing job there, but I wanted to <laughs> let people know that's how good Homefield is. They don't need us. Um, Homefield Apparel is where you want to go. Use promo code LOCKEDONBAMA when you buy your Bama stuff, and I promise you, you will love it. It's cool stuff. I've got like four shirts from there already. You can buy sweatshirts. You, they're going to come out with new stuff all the time. They've got uh, several other colleges you can check out. You know, if you want to buy – T-shirts for schools that Auburn's going to play later on. You know, you want to get a Northwestern shirt. Or something, <laughs> oh, you're really into it. You're really, you're really into it if you're doing stuff like that. I, I've done it before, Jimmy. I've done it before. <laughs> uh, Homefield Apparel is where you want to go. Homefieldapparel.com. Go check them out. Use promo code Locked On Bama. Also want to tell everybody really quickly about Locked On Bets. That's the new show. It's a new podcast from Locked On, and um, they're going to tell tell you about uh, what you need to bet on. And it's crucial. It's key. It's a big deal, and it can help you. Um, it, it can help you make some money this holiday season to pay off some of those credit card bills you got. I know you got them. So go to check out Locked On Bets. They will have all you need to know, especially all the lines from BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the uh, website you need to go if you want to put these bets in. It's legal, and um, you can also play poker. You can play blackjack. You can do roulette. You can do just about whatever you want. And here's the other thing. If y'all tweet us, like, I want a prop bet on how many – how many ankles Devontae Smith will break in the Notre Dame game. We will, <laughs> we can send that in to uh, BetOnline AG. I'm not kidding you, BetOnline.ag, and they might put a spread on it. They might do it. They, they're up for, like, prop bets. So, seriously, get us some cool ideas for prop bets, and uh, we'll take care of that. All right, Jimmy, really quickly, I don't want to go into this too much, but uh, Alabama won in the basketballs last night uh, against yep. Ole Miss. They won in, in nice fashion. And I also yeah. think – for the love of all things holy, can people quit spreading rumors about Nate Oates calling John Petty some kind of racial slur? And that's what that's not what happened. I, I did some digging. That's not what happened at all. And, um, you know, it, that got started on an Auburn message board and then uh, on the bunker. And one of the moderators actually he didn't back it. up. He didn't report it. But he was like, that's what I heard, too. And so when a moderator says, I heard this, that's just not as good as reporting it seriously. So um, it, it was just. A little bit irresponsible, but you know what? People are going to do what people are going to do, and uh, it was good to see the team get a win. I did not think they played very well still. Um, <clears throat> I know they won by a lot, but I think it's fair to say Ole Miss is, is not very good, and um, that was a win. That was, as you said on a text chain with me, that was a must win. It was a must win because you're, you're, we didn't come off a loss, but I think – most fans and the team, the team, Nate Oates would tell you, the non-conference portion of the schedule was a little disappointing. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't disastrous. We didn't play our way out of the NCAA tournament uh, in the non-conference portion. But I don't think the team played to their own expectations. And uh, so now the conference season's like flipping a page. And, and, and the fact of the matter is if you want to make the NCAA tournament, I think – Alabama minimum, just myself, this is my, my opinion based on the landscape. I think Alabama, you damn sure better win 10 games. You better go 10 and 8 for sure. And I yeah. think 11 and 7 probably puts you in. But if, if you're going to win 10 or 11 games in the 18-game SEC schedule, do not lose at home to someone you should beat because that forces you then to win a game maybe you shouldn't. And it's kind of hard to imagine Alabama doing that right now, the way we've been playing. So it, it really was a must win. It's like, well, we make the NCAA tournament. We need about 10 or 11 conference wins 
and uh, losing to Ole Miss, the, then all of a sudden at home, now your path is, is tough because you're going to have to win two or three road games as is. And uh, you lose one at home, then you got to make it up on the road. And so it really was a must win for me in terms of, you know, does this team have postseason expectations? And I thought of several encouraging things last night. Number one, in, in Nate Oates' corner, you know, we're not going to get into the details of what happened with, with, with Petty and Rojas, but, you know, like, like you pointed out, it wasn't the story that was out there on Auburn message boards. Imagine that. But, but I thought it was really encouraging that Petty not only played and Rojas played, but Petty played hard. Petty, Petty didn't play great, but he played hard. And that's a great sign. That, that's Nate Oates coaching John Petty. I mean, that, that really is. That, that's Petty taking to coaching. And, and Oates coaching him. And, and I thought that was a great sign for the team. And better yet, I don't think we played great. Our best player wasn't on the court most of the game with foul trouble and, her, with, and Herb. We didn't play great, but we still won easily. And that's a good sign. When, when you can win uh, and not play your best, you, you might be a good team. And uh, while Ole Miss probably isn't going to win 10 or 11 SEC games, I don't think so. I, I don't think Ole Miss is that bad. Uh, they had been impressive. They had been beating the crap out of bad teams. Now, I don't know that that means a lot or means a little, but they'd been beating the crap out of bad teams. They played one good team in Dayton and narrowly lost 68-65. So I don't think Ole Miss is terrible, uh, but they're not nearly as good as the Tennessee team Alabama will see Saturday. Yeah, I Look, a win's a win in the SEC by double digits is a win in the SEC by double digits, especially in a COVID year when Kentucky and South Carolina are being postponed or canceled altogether or whatever. So, yeah, I'll take it. But I, I guess what I'm saying, Jimmy, is that I'm not seeing the growth of this team. I'm just not. There's so much sloppy play. My God, it's so sloppy. And where's the movement? I mean, every now and again, it wasn't even every now and again. More often than not, it was Quinterly trying to get into the lane without a pass. It was John Petty getting the ball and then trying to back his man down and then getting uh, the ball ripped away. Um, it, it's just too much one-on-one junk. And there there were a couple of bright spots. There was a great pass, I think, from Keon Ellis to Josh Primo that uh, stands out. Yeah. And, and again, you know, we shot more threes, which I want, but we got to hit some more. My God, we were like 12 to 37. Um but look, I, I don't think this is a great game to judge anything. But man, we're going—we have not played close to our potential yet. Now, you people can say that's a good thing. Hey, that's. But what if it's not a good thing? What if we can't play close to our potential? Maybe, or maybe, maybe I'm misjudging our potential. I don't know. But I think I want to see something out of Oates that gives me confidence again. Frankly, I was really disappointed. Um, in the way we played in the preseason in the, in the non-conference, I was really disappointed in his complete backtrack of what he said about Coach K uh, and the way he sort of kissed the ring when, frankly, I thought he was dead on with what he first said. Just let it go. If you don't say anything else about it, it just goes away. And instead, he kind of profusely apologized, it seemed like. And just let that go, man. Um but regardless, uh, you know, it is what it is. We'll talk about basketball later. We've got uh, college football playoff coming up in two days. And uh, so we probably need to talk about that. Now, Jimmy, you're going to be on 
programming note with the Locked on Irish folks later today. And we're going to put that audio out on this podcast as well. Um, We're trying to make this particular episode very non-time sensitive, even though you screwed that up at the very beginning. Um, (laughs) And because we, I'm in Miami and I don't know what the heck's going to be going on. I mean, who knows, but uh, that's that. So let me go ahead and take another break here, Jimmy, because frankly, my time counter is not working on the website. And so on Uber conference, so I don't know how much time we have left. So I better go ahead and work this other, uh, this other, uh, advertisement in for betonline.ag. Look, I'm looking at the betonline.ag site right now. They've got all the spreads you could possibly want. Anything, anything you could want. They've got all kind of prop bets. I'm looking at the NCAA uh, game prop bets, and this they've got all these props for like Wisconsin and Wake Forest. I mean, if if you love to gamble, this is your site, man. And and you don't even have to be like a, an addict. You can just really love to gamble and you can go to Oklahoma you can bet on Oklahoma by 25 to 30 points over Florida tonight that gets you plus 1000 um that's these are they've got all kind of spreads like that so go check them out betonline.ag and again if you like playing poker if you like playing blackjack if you like um race racing you know horse racing whatever i'm looking up here esports uh live casino um, live betting, in-game betting. If you want to bet on the Florida game, let's say Florida's up 7 nothing, and you want to bet on, say, I think Oklahoma's going to come back and win, you can get a good spread on Oklahoma coming back to win, a good money line for that. Go to betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On. You will get a 50% welcome bonus. You can't beat that. Free money. Free money. <laughs> it, it is free money. And go check them out. I promise you it's a reputable site. We're not going to advertise something that's not worthwhile. Go check them out at betonline.ag ASAP, and uh, you will thank me later when you win tons of Christmas cash. So, yeah, go check them out, betonline.ag. All right, Jimmy, for this final uh, segment here, because I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a prediction episode before we come back, let's go ahead and give a prediction for this Notre Dame game. First of all, I want to throw a few things out there. Um, I tweeted some, retweeted something Travis Ryer sent. And congrats to Devontae Smith for, for the first wide receiver to win the AP uh, College Football Player of the Year award. And that's been going on since, I think, 97, it said. So it's been, what, 31 years and no um, – or that's not 31. How many 23. years is that? 23. Jesus. It'd be 23, 24. Really, in Willie Martinez math. <laughs> but, um, no, it's 23 years. And um, he's the first wide receiver to win it. That's a big deal. And so – Travis Ryer tweeted this out. Notre Dame's top. Whoa! Well, did you just slam a door? Uh, it's a heavy door. No, no, I'm, okay. uh, I'm, I'm in the lobby of a very important building. Okay. Hooters. <laughs> um, Notre Dame's top three wide receivers have combined 88 receptions. Devontae Smith has 98 by himself. That's amazing. It is, and it's proof that, uh, first of all, Notre Dame, uh, and, and kudos to Brian Kelly for managing this, but Notre Dame lost their two biggest outside threats for the season started to, to injury. So their two best receivers uh, have not played and will not play. So they have built an attack that throws the ball quite a bit, but they really throw it to those three tight ends in the back. I mean, that, that that's, you know, if they're going to throw it, they throw it to those guys and uh, – that should make us all uh, nervous because when Alabama has given up a lot of pass plays, it's generally been to those inside receivers. 
backs and tight ends that have to be covered by linebackers and safeties because uh, Sertan and Job have done so well covering the outside guys. Right. Um, you know, Notre Dame is, you know, what they do best is throw inside, and uh, that's a matchup problem for us. And Ian Book being a dual threat guy is a matchup problem for us. So for all those reasons, I'm going to pick a closer game than most of uh, most of the experts y'all listen to. Um, I'm going to pick a, a, a slightly closer game than them because I think it is a good matchup for Notre Dame, and I expect that they're going to move the ball and score some points. Um, one more tweet I wanted to throw out there. I want to give credit to at Brad2524. His name on there is just Brad, but at Brad2524, he had a funny reply to SEC football news report that said, Notre Dame RB is confident in teams' ability to run the ball. Quote, you're going to have to kill us to stop us. Brad tweeted, Brian Kelly says, say no more. <laughs> because if y'all remember <laughs> – it is rumored Brian Kelly killed a guy. Not rumored. I mean, somebody actually died on his watch. But uh, and it's not funny. The death is never funny. But that tweet's funny. So uh, I don't know how to differentiate there. But yeah, um, if you know, you know. So uh, kudos to Brad for that funny tweet. Um, but okay, my prediction, Jimmy, is that uh, Alabama wins and wins. I'm gonna go with the exact. Why don't I go with the exact same score as 2012, 42 to 14? It doesn't really? mean that. Game is still that big of a blowout, and you know I keep hearing this Notre Dame team's better in 2012. Well, frankly, I think this 2000 uh, 2020 team is better than 2012 Alabama team. Um, I know that 2012 Alabama team had oodles of talent, but so does this one. And the passing attack is there, there's no not even close. Right. Martin Cooper was a freak of nature, but and and I know it's hard for us to get Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's greatness out of our minds. I know it is because he was the uh, – Julio was – okay, it was David Palmer, then a huge gap. Then I guess DJ Hall to an extent, although we never probably consider him a great because of the attitude. And then Julio Jones is like the Alabama messiah in terms of recruits. But I think I think people look at him as something bigger than a wide receiver. Not, not literally, but figuratively, like in terms of a, a Pied Piper for recruits. But then there, Amari Cooper is 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 hard to say he isn't the best wide receiver in Alabama history until now. I think that it's I think that it's uh, Devontae Smith. Um, I think nobody embodies, you know, the the, the work ethic, um, what it takes to be a champion, the the game winning catches. Um, Julio didn't have those. Now Julio, Julio's Julio. I mean, Julio's in a different category than everybody else. He's he's a total freak. Um, but Devontae has done it all. He set the records. He set the records in various games. He set the records in Iron Bowls. He set the records in SEC championships. He set the records uh, career-wise. He's won games against Mississippi State, and he's won a game in the national championship. He's done everything you can do. He's the first wide receiver to win AP Player of the Year. He's going to win the Heisman as a wide receiver, first one since God knows when. He's going to do all these things. And so I, I just feel like he's poised – for an incredible game again, because that's just what he does. And we, uh, I, I know I keep comparing him to Amari Cooper and saying, you know, people are going to say, well, Amari was a badass when he was a freshman. He was. Amari was a badass, there's no doubt. But Devontae's better than Amari was, at least in 2012. And I think Devontae may be better than Amari all around. Um, 
And on top of that, I think Matt Jones is a better quarterback than A.J. McCarron. I, I didn't think I was going to say that at the beginning of the year. I think Najee Harris is a better running back than Eddie Lacy. I think our offensive line, though that offensive line, if memory serves, was the best offensive line in the country, I think this offensive line is, is also the best offensive line in the country. Defensively, yes, that team had better linebackers, um, probably better safety play. But the, I think the cornerbacks for this team are better. Um and I think the defensive line, uh, 2012, may be a little better. But again, I think the offense is so potent; it it takes takes the right. uh, the the errors away from this defense, or or the blemishes away from this defense. So I, I'm going to say that this team's better too. And then it's going to still be 42 to 14, but just not look as thorough of an ass whooping. I think it'll be something. Whereas Alabama could have scored 70 in 2012 on that Notre Dame team. That Notre Dame team didn't deserve to be there. I think this Alabama team is going to get legitimate 42 points and, and like, you know, not struggle, but have to work to get them all. And Notre Dame's going to have to work to get their 14 points. That's what I think. So 42-14, you're sticking with that with the uh, historical score, the yeah. same score as 2012. Yeah. And then, you know what's going to happen? Notre Dame's going to get crucified for being in the playoffs again. And frankly, I think Alabama would have done it to AM. I think Alabama would have done it to Cincinnati. I think Alabama would have done it to whoever else you want to put in there. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Notre Dame deserves to be in the playoff no matter what, no matter what happens in the game. To, to me, that's like apples and oranges. I mean, I, I think the four best teams are in. <clears throat> As I've said repeatedly, I don't think Ohio State qualified to be in the playoff. But I do think they're one of the four best teams. I would agree with that. So I, I'm not I, – I don't, I don't think the committee got anything wrong. As far as how this game will play out, in my mind, um, this is what I think Notre Dame is going to do well. We've already talked about it. I think Ian Book is going to make some plays. He's a really good player. I think uh, comparisons to Manziel are fair, but he's Johnny manziel light. I mean, to be honest, I mean, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball – uh, as well as Manziel did. He doesn't have those outside weapons that Manziel had. Uh, he doesn't scramble and run like Manziel, but he's a dual threat in the same manner that uh, that Johnny Football was. I, I think Ian Book's going to make some plays against us. I think those tight ends are going to consistently make plays against our linebackers and safeties to the point that there will be two or three times during the game that Notre Dame drives the length of the field and scores touchdowns. Uh, I, I do think it's because defensively um, we could allow Notre Dame to stay in the game. I'm going to say Notre Dame's going to score 21. Uh, I won't be shocked even if it's 24, but I think they're going to score right in that area. I'm going to say 21. Now, offensively, Notre Dame, when Alabama's got the ball, I, I think Notre Dame will be one of the best defenses Alabama's faced, probably alongside Georgia, uh, in terms of, you know, what are the best defenses Alabama's seen all season. Uh, you know, I'd say Georgia. Texas A&M ended up really good on defense late. I, I don't know that early in the season A&M was as good as they were late defensively. But I do think Notre Dame won't stop Alabama. Alabama's too good for that. And Alabama's going to make their big plays. I, I just will be a little surprised if Alabama has their typical output. Now, Alabama averages 50 points a game. I'm saying Notre Dame is, is too good to allow Alabama to hit their average because Notre Dame's one of the better defenses Alabama's played all year. I'm going to say 38. I know m most people are predicting Alabama to score more than that, but I'm going to say 38. First of all, it's not a uh, first. Alabama only scored 38 against Missouri, who's, who's pretty good on defense, uh, to start the year. And 38 to 21, is, 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 which is my score, 
is almost what the spread. The spread's 20. I have Alabama winning 38-21. That's my 17. Uh, and 38-21 can be read a couple of different ways. I, I don't think it's a blowout. I think Alabama wins comfortably and doesn't have to sweat out the fourth quarter. But it won't be 2012 to me. I don't think we're going to destroy Notre Dame. I think they're too good at the line of scrimmage. They're better at quarterback than they were at 2012. Alabama's not as good defensively as they were in 2012 to me. But what makes this Alabama team special is the explosiveness on offense. And ultimately, there will be too many explosive plays by Devontae Smith, by Jaleel Billingsley, by Najee Harris, and certainly all conducted by Mac Jones, the best quarterback in college football in 2020. So Alabama defeats Notre Dame 38-21, punching their ticket to the national championship game to face Trevor and Clemson one more time. Well, that's I think that's the goal. And, and I think to, if we really do want to be in the conversation for best team of all time, I think that you have to play Clemson. I don't think you can play Ohio State, um, who's only had six, well, I guess seven games under their belt at, at that point, and say, hey, we're the best team of all time. I mean, I don't think it would stack up against what LSU did last year, which I think is the is the benchmark. I think you'd have to play a Clemson team that uh, is led by the number one pick in the NFL draft and led by Travis Etienne. I mean, who Etienne and, and Trevor Lawrence may be college football Hall of Fame guys. I mean, that's how good both of them are. So um, I think that uh, that's what you have to do, and their defense is very good. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I, I want to see Alabama Clemson, I think. Um, even though Alabama, I'd love to get some revenge on Ohio State, but I, I don't want to play them if they've only played seven games. I just – I don't like that. I, I feel like they don't deserve it. Um so that's what I'm open for. Also, really quickly, I didn't say this in the basketball segment, but kudos to Alabama basketball because there are only two programs in the history of SEC basketball to win 800 or more league games, Kentucky and now Alabama. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yep. we, need to, we need to market that kind of shit more. Uh, we're not really great at marketing that, and we need to be. So we need to talk about that more. But, Jimmy – you are going to have a podcast later on with the Locked On Irish guys, and we should be able to put it on this very channel. And um, there we go. So uh, roll tide, buddy, and I will talk to you after the game. I think we may have – we may sneak one more in, but we'll just have to see. Roll tide, everybody, and uh, enjoy the college football playoff. Roll tide. Roll tide.